Get on your knees! You'll have three seconds to comply! One! Two! Three. If you wanted me back, you could have just asked me. A device that controls every military satellite in the world has fallen into the hands of four very dangerous guys. We need someone who can move like them. Fight like them. It's time to be a patriot. There are no more patriots, just rebels and tyrants. So which are you? I'm Triple X. I'll introduce you to your ground team. All right, here comes Red Bull's poster child. I'm not gonna have clowns watch my back. Who would you trust? The good, the extreme, and the completely insane. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Slash Filmcast in which we're going to review Triple X. The Return of Xander Cage. I'm David Chen, and joining me today is Devinder Hardwar. Devinder, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing good. I feel like after you say uh, we're going to review this movie, you have to have like a sick guitar, like a guitar <laughs> ring or something. We're going like to review this movie to the extreme! To the extreme! To the extreme! Uh, so I'm going to read the plot summary for Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Xander Cage is left for dead after an incident. Though he secretly returns to action for a new tough assignment with his handler, Augustus Gibbons. In an incident nobody saw, by the way, because I think <laughs> that death, I didn't see he, the second movie, but I believe it was like a, uh, I think it was a deleted scene or something about like, oh, this is what happened to Xander Cage. So, so let, let's talk about yeah. our, our relationship with Triple X slash Xander Cage. Uh, I feel like why, that's overstating. <laughs> why, why are we even here? Why are we even here right now talking about this movie? Yeah, uh, I remember. I think we were both in college when the original Triple X came out uh, in right. two thousand two, uh-huh. and I, you know, at the time, Vin Diesel was kind of uh, of an up and coming action star. He had left the Fast and the Furious franchise uh, mm-hmm. in order to kind of do his own thing. You know, Pitch Black and Triple X, and and he was going to become his own legit movie star. And of course, uh, he has returned to the Fast and Furious fold. But now that he's got a lot more juice, he's got a bunch more five hundred plus million dollar grocers behind him yeah. in the Fast and Furious he's franchise. He's trying to spread the juice. Yeah, he's That's trying to all. spread his juice all around. And yeah. as a result, he's created Triple <laughs> X, The Return of Xander Cage. When we saw Triple X, I, I was uh, I think we actually saw this movie together, Devendra. I actually think I... that's the case. I don't even know if um, it was I saw it with my family at one point, but we may have seen it together. We may have seen it together and first of all, Rob Cohen and the D's, like they impressed us with the first Fast and the Furious, enough that I was excited about what they would do next, right? Yeah. Rob Cohen is a very talented person. I wish he was working more. Did you not see the boy next door, Dave? I did see the boy next door, <laughs> and it was uh, pretty intense. You didn't intense. see Alex Cross, Dave? I did not see Alex Cross, but but You did see the mummy tomb of the dragon emperor. That's, we reviewed that. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Rob Cohen kind of was in director's jail for a while. Stealth kind of put him there. Uh, and then he made Boy, uh, Boy Next Door, and that kind of uh, was very successful. And so I'm hoping he gets to make more films now. So I'm looking forward to the next Rob Cohen joint. He was not the director of Triple X Return of Xander Cage. That was uh, DJ Caruso, who's also a very talented action director. But yeah. after seeing the original Triple X, I think <laughs> we were both hoping for uh, a kind of James Bond that uses extreme sports. I think that's what we were... I, wasn't, I don't know if I was hoping for that, but I was hoping for something different, right? The opening scene of that movie is probably the best part of that movie. 
It's sort of like the James Bond spy, right? Dressed up in a tuxedo and everything. And he's at a rave and he sticks out like a sore thumb. And that's what gets him got, you know, because we never see uh, James Bond do stuff like that. But it turns out I was really just waiting for uh, Jason Bourne. Like that was the spy we needed for right, the, right. the odds. Yeah. And Triple X ended up being very disappointing to me because it yeah. was just so goofy. You know, it was I was expecting a lot of goofiness, but it was even too goofy for mm-hmm. me. Well, the, the effects were terrible, too. Like, there was a point where he's, like, snowboarding away from an avalanche. I remember that, yeah. And it, it looks awful. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of things that were disappointing about Triple X. Both of us didn't watch uh, the second film in the series. State of the Union. State of the Union. And yet, like, Bugs returning to a, a flame, we watched The Return of Xander Cage. Now, why did you... Make the decision unilaterally, because we're not reviewing on the slash. Like we didn't, we didn't plan this beforehand. Why did you decide to go see Triple X: The Return of? Well, uh, I don't know if you saw the trailer for this movie, Dave, but the trailer for this thing is insane. Yes. Okay. You, you got you got the D's skiing on a on a tropical jungle because that's how skis work. Uh, motorcycling through water and into a wave i'm like yeah what's going on in this movie and also the cast uh you know we saw donnie n here uh we saw a really interesting cast tony jaw too and i didn't know deepika padukone was in it from the trailers but i looked her up after and you know she's a very big star too kind of yeah. nice seeing a bollywood star in a big budget hollywood movie i think so this movie's gonna do really well internationally you know, i think it, so it has a, yeah. it, i think vin diesel has learned from fast and furious movies that hey if you have a cast that is diverse that features mm-hmm. stars from a bunch of different countries around the world those countries will want to see the film yeah and, and those countries will also help to pay for these movies too because yeah. as you've yeah. seen at the beginning of a lot of movies these days it's a lot of chinese production companies too so the, yeah this, i agree yeah, the trailer looked insane uh it, it shows vin diesel uh who i believe is a 49 year old man uh <laughs> he's uh yeah he's doing lots of extreme sports it's like it's like watching your dad do extreme yeah. sports you know and there's there's yeah, something yeah. ridiculously silly about it and extremely earnest about it and maybe they've improved the stunt work and sort the of, action yeah. to the point that it is uh, enjoyable overall. Maybe it could be so bad yeah. it's good. Basically, I thought to myself, this movie looks like my kind of stupid. And I am totally down with that. I'm bi- I'm down with big, dumb action movies. And I know, Dave, you really liked uh, The Accountant. And I would classify The Accountant as, you know, the kind of movie you would enjoy. And this is the action movie that I would uh, that I go over. Hey, man, I, I really enjoyed <laughs> this one, too. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So overall thoughts on Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, um, I, I actually had a lot of fun watching this movie um, because the first of all, the action is pretty well done all throughout. It's really cut. It's cut up a lot, um, but yeah. the, choreog- the choreography, especially for Tony. Tony Jaa and Donnie Yen, and I wonder if Donnie Yen even did his own choreography as well, because he's done that before for films. But that all looks really good. There's some really creative set pieces throughout this movie. Uh, the big problem with this movie is like the stuff in between. I, d- I didn't really care much for the broader plot and for when people were actually talking to each other. I kind of wish this was a nonstop action fest, sort of like uh, Fury Road or something. This movie is really long. It doesn't need to be that long. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with this ride. You know, seeing, um, just seeing these stars together, seeing Dupika Padukone and Ruby Rose, like, in a shootout together, uh, it's kind of amazing. Like, I don't, I kind of don't know how this movie exists, but then, you know, you think of the international box office, that's why it exists, really. 
Yeah, uh, I, I will say I quite enjoyed this movie as well uh, because I do think it is so bad it's good. Uh, yes, I would cl- yeah. classify it as a guilty pleasure. Some people don't believe that that's actually a thing. You know that so bad it's good can be a way you can enjoy a film, but. Uh, yeah. it, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's a particular uh, taste, too, right? Here, Everyone has their own so bad it's good threshold, right? Yeah, I mean, here's what's hilarious about Triple X or Sharon Xander Cage. Firstly, uh-huh. Vin Diesel looks absolutely ridiculous in this film. Yeah. And uh, I- I'm talking about every aspect of his look. What I mean by that <laughs> is, like, for instance, there's one scene where he brings back the coat from the first movie, and it looks like. It, it just is laughably horrible how how he bad looks he looks like um, uh, the villain from Fury Road. Actually, like he just does not look good. <laughs> at least the movie makes fun of it. Like the movie is self aware of its own ridiculousness at times. And secondly, he he's just not a very very convincing action star, in my opinion. Like <laughs> you can't move. Kinda, he he has some nice muscles, uh-huh. but he's very doughy. I think you he's know very I, doughy. I don't think he uh-huh. moves that quickly. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. it, it just he, he, when you see someone like T- Donnie Yen or Tony Jaw next to Vin Diesel, yes, uh, these are some yes. of the most live skilled action stars in the world. They can mm-hmm. move so quickly that it looks when they put him next to Vin Diesel, it's like Vin Diesel's moving in slow motion. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Donnie Yen's uh, even older than Vin Diesel too. Like he's, <laughs> he's he's just been doing this forever. Um, so that's the thing. Like Donnie Yen has been trained he looks, in this stuff. He looks yeah. and acts and uh, does action scenes like he's twenty years younger. However, yeah. Than Vin the uh, have you noticed how bad the stunt double the stunt doubles look for Vin Diesel in this movie? It's pretty um, rough. It's pretty yeah. rough. The skiing sequence, which I I still don't know how that works. Um, because there's friction, like. You know, the way skiing works is that, you know, you, you can just glide through snow. You're talking about the scene in which he jumps off of the top of a radio tower yeah. and skis through a jumps jungle. Jumps like 50 feet he, he into ski, the jungle. Yeah, he, he drops 50 feet and uh-huh. skis through a jungle, uh, which, firstly, you would die if you, you tried that, most likely. And secondly, how are you skiing through a jungle? There's a reason skis don't work on anything other than snow. I, I also would have expected like a snowboard or some kind, like a jungle board. I would have expected something more extreme than skis. Cause also skis don't like inherently just don't look cool. That's why we moved on to snowboards and extreme sports. I don't know. Uh, uh, I did like, excuse me, excuse me. Dimitri. I'm not done talking about how ridiculous Vin Diesel is in this film. So yes, go ahead. Go ahead. To that. Uh, so the other thing about Vin Diesel in this movie is in the past, we have talked about uh, movies that are vanity projects. Okay. Uh, what is a vanity project? Let's say like uh, Beyond the Sea, the Bobby Darren biopic starring Kevin Spacey. That is what I would call a vanity project. You know, it's a project that he wanted to make that no one else really wanted to see. It wasn't reviewed well. It didn't do very well. Uh, another vanity project I've heard I've heard this term used for vanity project is the movie By the Sea. For some reason, sea movies have a lot of vanity projects. By the Sea, the Angelina Jolie Brad Pitt movie that's kind of about their marriage. And directed um, by her. Yeah, yeah uh, that, is, that has also been described as a magic project. <laughs> but after seeing Triple X The Return of Xander Cage, we need to retroactively reconsider what we think of as a vanity project because this is a vanity project of Indra. <laughs> this but is a vanity project. Because, it is, because it is. Firstly, yeah. firstly, you have people walking into Vin Diesel's presence in this movie 
Yeah. Uh, and constantly referring to how jacked and impressive looking he is. He's right? so impressive. Like every young every woman, single person coming in. Every like, person, every dude wants to be him and every young woman <laughs> wants to bet him. There's a point in this movie, which is probably the worst part of this movie, is when there's like he just gets like bombarded with like half a dozen women yes. who just like clearly he's gonna he's gonna bang them all. And then we cut to them all being satisfied and tired the next morning, which is a callback to the first movie as well. Like that's like one bit where yeah, we, we kind of did need that but yeah it is it's hilarious like watching how your dad it. superimpose himself into a porn film right it's like oh man it's, it's uncomfortable it, like and yeah. not and not like a home movie like gonzo style i'm talking about like uh the uh-huh. you know 1970s or 80s where they actually try to have a plot in the porn film yeah like do you uh have you heard of the podcast my dad wrote a porno no i have not it's a it's a great podcast. It's a British podcast about a dude who discovered his father, who's much older than him, wrote a pornographic book. It's terrible. And every episode of the show is them reading a chapter of that. And uh, that whole sequence felt like something from my dad wrote a porno. Like, yeah. I, I, go, I go to see the source. And the source is really sexy and really into me, right? She's like half my age. But she doesn't want to do me. So she sends like six of her other, you know, ladies. And they do the thing. And, oh, man. It is Total Vanity Project. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it's cringeworthy. Uh, all the stuff Vin Diesel does in this movie, whether it's the extreme sports, whether it's betting woman, whether it's cracking wise at these jokes that are not funny. Like he gets the, the worst one-liners <laughs> in this movie. He he he. His uh, co-stars have way better one-liners than him, and specifically sure. Tony Collette is incredible in this film. <laughs> Uh, I, she she has some amazing one-liners. I don't know right? if I'd use that word, but she is she's certainly something in this movie. <laughs> she's great. She's great. So anyway, so, so I just needed to say Vin yeah. Diesel is ridiculous and laughable and cringeworthy, um, but so much so that he uh-huh. makes the film kind of enjoyable in its own way. So. But you know what's funny? Like all of Vin Diesel's franchises at this point, and he has a few – are basically vanity projects for him. Like, I'm thinking of the Riddick movies, which only get made because he is a total geek and he really, really wants to make those movies with uh, Alex Perez, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Fast and Furious series, of course. Like, that series only came back because he came back to it. Um, and now it's just kind of incredible, like, how he's basically recreating the Fast and Furious formula with this movie. You know, like, get yourself an international cast. No, not Alex Proyas, by the way. David Toohey is the director. David Toohey, that's right. Yep. Uh, but, you know, spread out the cast a little bit. Um, build a team. Build a family. This movie feels a lot like Fast and Furious 4 to me. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I don't hate that movie. Uh, there are some really good set pieces in that thing. Uh, it didn't have the budget and didn't quite come together as much as Fast 5 did. But you know what? Fast Five wouldn't exist with the budget and the stars it had if Fast Four didn't happen and was a vaguely successful movie, too. So, yeah, I, I think this movie seems like a setup for better things. And I'd love to see this team back together. Cause it's, yeah, it's, let's let's uh, talk about the team. Uh, f- firstly, I'll just say overall the vibe I got uh-huh. from Triple X Return of Xander Cage is like MacGruber, but earnest. And what sure. I mean by that is MacGruber is itself a parody of 80s action films. Uh, it, that movie I, I truly love, and yes. this movie basically does the exact same thing, but doesn't ridicule those tropes. Right? <laughs> it uses those same tropes, but doesn't ridicule them. It's uh-huh. very, very earnest. It's a parody uh, of the, '90s action films, I'd say, or at least a an earnest attempt to do '90s action again. Sure, '80s, which, '90s, uh, you know, you know, they're, yeah. thereabouts. But uh, you you have uh, T- Donnie Yen and Tony Jaa uh, mm-hmm. in this film, right? And those are amazing action stars. 
And then you have this collection of misfits that makes Suicide Squad's uh, team selection process look really well considered by comparison. Yeah. Right? You have a guy uh, played by Rory McCann who's good at crashing into things with his That's vehicles. his job. That's his yep. job. There's an Asian dirt. kid who has no skills except he is good at DJing, which, Chris by Luke. the way, is not a skill we ever really see him demonstrate. I mean, we just No, he him. does. No, 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 no. Does, but, but, but we don't really see him actually doing the DJing work. Do you know what I'm okay. saying? Like, he just kind that. of presses a button and and maybe, the, you know, the music plays in a, in a way that he wants to. But, yeah. but, you know, there's a kid who, yeah, that kid is only good at DJing. Yes. Uh, what are those people doing on the team, Devendra? <laughs> I, I don't know. Why I mean, is this movie... the group that Xander Cage has chosen to uh, to be his compatriots? Because they're extreme. They don't play by the rules, man. Like, this movie opens with a scene where Samuel L. Jackson tries to explain, like, that's why we need triple X. And none of his arguments make any sense. It's well, kind of hilarious. It, it, well, it opens with a scene where uh, Samuel L. Jackson, who plays Augustus Gibbons, is trying to recruit... A uh-huh. soccer player. A real-life soccer player. A real-life soccer player into Triple yeah. X. And then that player uses his uh, soccer skills to take down a, a robber who's come into the, <laughs> the store. He's, he uses his, his footwork to yes. kick a napkin dispenser at a thief. It sounds like I'm making this up, but I'm actually – that is nope. what happens in the opening scene. It's completely film. real. But I'm talking about even before that. Like Samuel Jackson has this like list of examples – Right. That's why we need triple X. He says that several times. And I was just cackling to myself in the like empty theater uh, because it's so dumb. Like it is so dumb. It's like Metal Gear Solid dumb. And I kind of I, I just love that. Like I the movie knew exactly how dumb it was from that opening scene. Yeah. And I was fully on board. It's yeah, it's incredibly dumb. And so if you make it past that opening scene and you kind of get what the movie's trying to do, then you might have a good time. You know? Yeah. Uh, certainly Devinger and I did. I had a lot of fun uh, and, with it. Like that opening sequence too. Like right after that scene, you have Donnie Yen and his group's uh, infiltration of the CIA headquarters, and that's that's pretty well done. You yeah, know, it's, that's uh, pretty. That is a pretty amazing scene. Yeah, and, I want to go back and watch that Donnie. Like everything Donnie Yen does in that scene is incredible. It, it is. It is a great action scene. That is actually. I would. I don't know if it's worth the price of admission, but uh-huh. I, it's certainly worth like the time that it spends to watch. That scene. Hopefully, it'll be <laughs> there on will YouTube be some at great some point. supercuts of this movie yeah, at some point. There'll, there'll be a great supercut at some point. Uh, but yeah, there there are some like interesting set pieces. Here is the only the only problem that I think the movie has is mm-hmm. other than how dumb it is and how much of a vanity project it is for Vin it's, Diesel. It's pretty sexist too. But yeah, we yes, yes, that, certainly, you know? certainly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other, other than those major potentially debilitating issues. Yeah. The only problem I had with the movie is that uh it kind of gives up its personality like it it becomes less ridiculous as time goes on. And, really? and what I mean by that it, it, from the dialogue perspective, right? Okay. Cuz there's a scene in the opening where Tony Collette says like we we need someone who can walk through a hurricane and and make it feel like a spring breeze. You know, like that's a <laughs> that is an amazing line of dialogue. I that, yeah. uh, and, but the movie is unable to maintain that <laughs> level of ridiculousness throughout. And by I the end of the movie, like that stuff it becomes than. kind of a more conventional action film. Like the, some of the action yeah. is still very ridiculous. There's like a a weightless scene that goes on forever. Yes. you know, um, that just makes no sense physically. But uh, 
uh, you know, the ending of the movie, aside from that, is mostly like conventional action, and uh, that is not really what the movie promised in its opening uh-huh. 30 or 40 minutes. You know I, didn't, I, mean? I mean, I would say maybe the script didn't keep its ridiculousness going on because eventually the movie just stops. People stop talking. That's right. That's right. That's what Which I'm saying. Which is fine. <laughs> I, I think that's better because I hated, honestly, like Tony Collette, she was either having a lot of fun with this role or just completely bored. Like, I can't tell <laughs> if she was enjoying what she was doing here. Or I just think she's paycheck. having a lot of fun. I mean, I, this is a I woman who is, I would argue, one of our most talented actresses working yeah. today. And, yeah, I, I can't imagine she was delivering these lines thinking that they were anything but absolute trash. It's just, uh, it's a, I, I, the way the movie paints her, too. Like, she is the sort of, like, shrewy, uh, stick-up-her-butt, like, bureaucrat-type character. Uh, she is younger than Vin Diesel. Like, she, she is, like, a sexless, just corporate drone in this movie, you know? It's just kind of weird to me that women half of uh, Vin Diesel's age will fall over him and the way the movie treated her. But that's, you know, that's, that's one thing. Uh, I think the movie keeps up its insanity all the way through, mainly because of those set pieces, because they get crazier and crazier. You know, at one point, Donnie Yen and Vin Diesel are having a fight in the middle of, like, highway traffic or that something. That was pretty cool. Like, yeah, I, 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 like the, I, I don't know if I like the execution of every yeah. set, uh, set piece, but I like the concept of every mm-hmm. set piece piece you know they were trying to do something unique i do think that the movie underuses tony jaw uh oh, tony yeah, jaw not a great actor but i felt like he could have done some more physically ridiculous stuff in this film yeah Danny the gets the spotlight in terms of like yeah martial arts capabilities but, you know, that's fine. Like, Donnie Yen is the more charismatic dude. You know, he can lead films. He still leads films today. Like, he's a huge star. Tony Jaws kind of fallen off a little because, um, you know, he was a great action star. He still is. Uh, I, he doesn't the, have, those like, Those box movies got progressively worse and worse. Yes. You know? He doesn't have, like, the charisma to be a lead. He's not... He doesn't... When you hear him speak, he also sounds like a mouse, too. Like, he just... He can't really... Yeah keep that you know machismo going uh but yeah would have liked to see more from him uh but in that last sequence dave like we were there's a shootout in a warehouse and freaking dipika padukone and you know uh what's her face ruby rose were just kicking ass like they were doing their oh, thing that was so good like and if, if i was a, the plane yeah if i was a 12 year old boy Watching yes. this, this would have been an early contender for my favorite film of 2017. Like <laughs> that, you know how we talk about movies, like John Woo movies, like Face Off or whatever. Like if I if I grew up in America, if I was a 12 year old boy, like and I saw this movie, I would be so excited about it. Uh, exactly. There would be so many memorable scenes. Uh, unfortunately, when you grow up, you, you know you take that boy <laughs> and you lead him out back and you have him shot. You know, and you realize I mean, you got to move on to. <laughs> more refined tastes. Like, I, I don't think we all do that. Like the like the accountant, Dave. Like the accountant, you know, the modern uh, day triple X return of Xander. Th- this movie definitely appealed to the twelve year old in me, and I'm I'm totally fine with that. But I, I'm saying like those last sequences, like that shootout was happening in conjunction, like cross cut <laughs> yeah. with the airplane fight, and then the airplane fight goes zero gravity, and then and then the bad guy gets like robot gloves, and he's just it's like punching everything. Like this movie. <laughs> Is insane, Dave. Like you, one thing you can't say about this movie is that it doesn't. Like I, I think it definitely does keep the crazy all the way through. That's all I'm going to say. All right, all right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it had more personality in the opening. You know, just like, but like you said, the dialogue. Right? There's more dialogue in the opening, and by the end, people just aren't talking anymore. Which Maybe is, there's like the no dialogue. Not good. There's like five lines in the last thirty minutes of this film, pretty much. Right? 
And I'm so, fine with that. Like, the yeah. movie is strongest when people are not talking. Um, but yeah, every I, I definitely want to revisit this film at some point. I can't wait to rewatch it at home because these set pieces are so much fun. There's like the motorcycle thing. Like, I, the dumbest thing I've seen with motorcycles since like Torque, but I also enjoyed all of it. How did, how did Vin Diesel know that his thing had like, you know, jet ski? <laughs> his, motorsc- his motorcycle yeah. converted to a jet ski. How yeah. do you know which button to press? He just got on a motorcycle. So, I'm very confused by that scene. I, I, I will say this last thing uh, as we as we wrap up here about this movie is like why why does this movie appeal to us now? Because is it that much better than Triple X, the first one? It probably oh, yes. has probably has yeah. a higher budget, right? Probably the set pieces are more inventive. They probably look a little bit better, and you also have some really kick ass uh, co stars. Like yes, uh, it's not like, just the D's. Like Donnie Yen and and, and Tony Jaa and and so on, Ruby uh, uh, Ruby Rose. So you have these things that are better about this film than than Triple X. But ultimately, uh, you know, why why do we enjoy a movie like this today? <laughs> Probably because we just want the pure, earnest escapism, right? Like we exactly. want a movie that is is okay with being dumb, right? We see maybe it's because we see so many movies like. Captain America Civil War and Batman v Superman that are ultimately just about people in, you know, like costumes and capes beating the crap out of each other. They take themselves really seriously. And while I enjoy some of those movies, you know, uh, this this is kind of a similar movie. It's like, hey, this is we're having people doing these ridiculous, insane things, but we are not ashamed of being a ridiculous movie on its face. No, maybe there's something refreshing about that. What do you think? It's definitely refreshing. I also saw this movie right after Donald Trump's inauguration, and I kind of wanted to see a multicultural cast just like, you know, fuck with the U.S. government a little. That's kind of fun. <laughs> um, the first Triple X movie is not – it's not good. That's the thing. Like, it's not fun. The action isn't good. The special effects are terrible. The best thing you could say about that movie is that it looks good. Uh, not the special effects, but it had a really good cinematographer. So it looked a little classier than your typical action movie. But beyond that, like, this movie, it's fun. It's inventive. It knows what it is. The action is all over the place. DJ Caruso is the guy, you know, we've been rooting for him for a while. I think he's had a couple misses lately. Uh, but this feels like, you know, I think this movie will do pretty well. And hopefully it'll, like, let him get better projects, too. Uh, but, yeah, it's also the cast. It's not all on the Ds because the Ds is good at a few things. Um, he's good at growling and staring off into the distance. And uh, as Chris Klemek said in his review, at monologuing as well. Like, he does a lot of monologues in the Fast and Furious movies and all those things. Uh, they hired him for... Uh, whatchamacallit, uh, long halftime walk movie. Basically yeah, just Billy for Lynn's that. long halftime walk. Yeah. That's all he does is monologue in that movie. He's good at certain things. He's, he's good not at saying I'm Groot, you know? That's good at that. He's good at. Good at saying uh, Superman. Um, but, yeah, I, he doesn't have the sort of charisma that we expect maybe from some other leads. He's not as uh, nimble and yeah, action-ready. Just literally as the people. flexibility yeah. or, or the speed that you'd uh-huh. want in, a, in an action star. Like, it's, it'd be one thing if he was supposed to be an everyman. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard or something. But he is framed as one of the sexiest <laughs> and most skilled action heroes in the world. Yeah. And, and, he's and because, because he's framed like that, he must be evaluated that way. You know, yes. and, and evaluated scathingly and witheringly that way, I would say. Unfortunately. But hey, at least we have Donnie Yen in this movie, who is one of the sexiest and most action-like, yeah, yeah, most action-capable dudes on the planet right now. Did you catch the little Born Identity dig in this movie, Dave? 
I vaguely recall it. Remind in the me. beginning, they're in that uh, the CIA infiltration. They're like, "Who? You're hitting me with a book? Here's here's a book. <laughs> chapter one, chapter two." As I'm punching mm, you in the face. Yeah, with that it. is that a reference kind of to Born Ultimatum and how he used a book to attack someone <laughs> in that movie. And the first movie also referenced like that. That was a clear James Bond reference in that opening scene too. So that's kind of fun. I do like these digs the series is doing, but this movie feels like it can at least earn it a little, even if the construct that we need extreme uh, special agents makes even less sense today than it did right off of the 90s. Like, I don't... The movie hasn't really justified why these people need to exist, but I have a lot of fun watching them anyway. All right, well, that's our review of Triple X The Return of Xander Cage. Next week, we'll have a normal episode of the Slash Filmcast. In the meantime, Devinder, where can we find more of your work on the internet? Oh, I'm at Devinder on Twitter, and check me out on Gadget.com. I just relaunched my blog, DaveChen.net. Check it oh, out nice. there. Follow me. Uh, it's a new WordPress install. I think it looks pretty cool. And I'm posting a lot of my thoughts, keeping it regularly updated there. Next week, we'll be reviewing Split. You're <laughs> going to want to listen to that review. Yeah, seriously. I, I think one thing people should do right now is see that movie yeah. before somebody spoils it for you. Just see it. Whatever it takes right now. I, I've been podcasting with Jeff Kanata for a long time. Uh-huh. I have never seen him react to a movie like he reacted to that film. Uh, <laughs> that, his it, mind was completely blown by that film. <laughs> so uh, check out Split because even if you don't like the movie, which I was not a huge fan of the film, even if you don't like the movie, yeah. you need to watch that movie fresh. Uh, yes, and you will not regret it, in my opinion. So, thanks for tuning in to the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. We're out. If you only have a four hundred one k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by three percent. You can do that. And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get three percent on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com/boost by April thirtieth. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. Three percent match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.